I say hi to someone and they don't say hi back. Wow, what? My stomach sinks, my entire body gets anxious, and I'm convinced that they want me dead. Welcome to two days of depression, low self-esteem, and confusion. Guys, today we're talking about rejection-sensitive dysphoria. Oh, that sounds delicious. I'll have that. Listening to ADHD Big Brother, the podcast for adults with ADHD. We dive into it. We talk about the symptoms. I'll tell you some stories about my life and how it's crushing me and what I'm doing to fix it. I'm your ADHD Big Brother, Russ Jones. Let's talk. Oh my gosh, guys, it's just really not enough just to have ADHD, is it? With all our time management issues and our, we can't get started that business and all that, the impulsivity stuff. They just, we just have so many additional things going on with us. And they call them comorbidities because why wouldn't they? Why would anything sound fun and exciting with ADHD? Everything has to sound dreadful and awful. I mean, would it be so awful to call it like an ADHD add on or an extension or? Or if I call it, or call it like an ADHD bedazzlement, you know? Hey, Russ has got ADHD and he's bedazzled with rejection sensitive dysphoria. Wow, he's interesting. No, they they won't do that. And words like dysphoria, I just, God, man. Why can't we just say, hey, I get butt hurt really easy? Because this isn't even a thing. In the DSM-5, like do you, uh, if you've been researching ADHD, uh, you've probably come across the diagnostic, what is it? The Diagnostic Statistical Manual Disorders. It's a real page turner, guys, if you haven't read it. And it's what they use to diagnose disorders. And it's not in there. So uh, I'm going with butthurt. And that's my clinical non-doctor uh, diagnosis of myself. I get butthurt <laughs> very easy. I'll give you an example of this for me in my own experience. Um, and I'll change everything around just so that to protect the innocent. So I have a, a coworker at a former job named Carla. And uh, I was asking her because I was relatively new how to file something. And so I asked Carla, I don't know which file to put this in. And Carla says, just you know, she was working on something, but she said, oh, just put it in the, in the bottom drawer. And I was like, well, but, but it has some top drawer stuff in it. So this file, I don't know. She's like, well, then just put it in the top drawer. And I go, yeah, but then, so do I just disregard the bottom? She's like, just get with Tammy because this is Tammy's deal. And I was like, yeah, but I just wanted to kind of get ahead and just, just talk to Tammy. And she interrupted me and she was very busy and she got back to what she was doing. That crushed me. It was like someone punched me in the stomach. I went flush. My whole body got like tingly and I, it felt like I was going to throw up. It was awful. I could not let it go. And I was convinced that Carla hated my guts. And it took me about two days to fully come around from that incident. That reaction, I believe, is what we refer to as rejection-sensitive dysphoria. It is a massively heightened reaction that is not in line with the truth of the situation. 
So let's define it and we'll talk about it. The definition of rejection-sensitive dysphoria is an overwhelming reaction to uh, feeling rejected or criticized, whether it is uh, real or perceived. So it's a unbearable, that's where the word dysphoria is, it's this unbearable reaction to uh, some kind of feeling of rejection. And this I got from WebMD. When you have ADHD, your nervous system overreacts to things from the outside world. Any sense of rejection can set off your stress response and cause an emotional reaction that's much more extreme than usual. Sometimes the criticism or rejection is imagined, but not always. And then it goes on. This was interesting. ADHD researchers estimate that by age 12, children with ADHD get 20,000 more negative messages about themselves than other kids their age. All that criticism can take a real toll on their self-esteem. So that makes sense. It makes sense that if you um, are carrying around that low self-esteem and low self-worth and you've had that many negative reactions that you might have overwhelming reactions to things. I don't understand though how they got to that number, 20,000 more negative messages. Like how do you study that? Do they just grab a, a whole slew of kids and ask them at the end of every day, like how many how many negative messages did you get today, Timmy? And Timmy's like, I got 15, 15 things that I didn't like. And then they ask a, a neurotypical kid, like, what about you, uh, Troy? How Troy's like, I'm good. You know, teacher said one thing I didn't like, but, uh, you know, I'm good. And they're like, oh, wow. Well, multiply that by year after year. And it's it is going to be 20,000 more negative messages. <laughs> That's such a bizarre, such a bizarre statistic. So does this happen to you? Do you get butt hurt? Or I'm sorry, excuse me. Do you have, suffer from rejection-sensitive dysphoria? Is that is something that you have to deal with? I think the reason anyone would even want to listen to a podcast about rejection-sensitive dysphoria is that you're you're probably looking for a fix, right? You're looking for a hack. So let's get to work. Let's uh, give you a hack. I'll tell you what works for me, and we'll see if it works for you. And I think, here, let me give you a, let's just do a, a quick theme song because it kind of needs this. RSD, RSD, RSD hack. Yeah, everything's better with a theme song. When it's anything dealing with strong emotions, for me, self-awareness is the first step. Catching yourself. Like how soon can you be aware? Like an outsider looking in. To go from the autopilot of, I'm such a piece of crap. Carla hates me. How soon can you recognize, hey, I'm feeling a strong emotion and I don't like it. Like simple statement that removes the situation. It's strictly, I feel this way and it sucks. And the next step is to get some perspective on it. Is it a justifiable reaction or a feeling? For me, I'm thinking, good, Carla hates my guts. Okay, but does she though? She angrily told me to talk to Tammy. She didn't say, I wish you were dead. So there's a clue. Uh, and that, that, would, that, would be, that would be an odd answer to a filing question. Hey, Carla, where do these files go? Hey, why don't you go to hell? Okay, right. So that doesn't make justifiable sense. Now, has she talked angrily to anyone else? Well, in this case, yeah. And as it turns out, she talks this way even to the people that she's really friendly with. It, it turns out that that's just her way. And it also turns out that she's a good person. So, and 
I was actually asking her a question that wasn't her responsibility, and it might actually have been frustrating to deal with because I did interrupt her while she was working to ask the question. And guys, that is another wonderful ADHD bedazzlement, uh, impulsively interrupting. That is a good one. So all these components, they build to, hey, maybe Carla was frustrated in the moment, doesn't necessarily mean that she hates me. If self-awareness and asking some perspective questions still leaves things unresolved internally, then I call in the cavalry, I'll call a good friend, I'll call family. So I discussed this with a good friend of mine, and I was able to gain some perspective that way. But even though things are mentally internally resolved, that doesn't make the strong emotion go away. That's the rub. It's still something you have to ride out. So I don't think that rejection-sensitive dysphoria is something that we just fix by making it go away. I'm like, oh, now I I never overreact to anything anymore. Nobody ever hurts my feelings again. Like, that's that's not a real thing. What I think happens is that we put in the work to gain self-awareness about these huge emotions so that we can cycle through them sooner rather than letting them take us over for long stretches of time. Like, how fast can we be aware of where we're at emotionally. How soon can we cycle through it? And for me, because in the moment I'm still going through an intense emotion about something, my workaround in that moment is to act as though things are the way that I would like them to be. While I'm working on my perspective with Carla, I'm acting as though she and I are friends or friendly. That is so much better than acting as though she hates me because that's what I'm struggling with right now and she might actually not hate me. I find it helpful as like an acting exercise is to behave in the way that is your ideal. And I hope that helps. Guys, do you get butt hurt easily? Drop me a note. Let me know how you handle it and how you get through it. I want to know. And down the line, maybe I can share these strategies and we can help each other out. All right, that's it. Guys, thanks for listening to ADHD Big Brother. Um, oh, check out the show notes and get a link to my short ebook, Descending to the Top. It's on Amazon now. I'm super proud of it. I hope it helps you. And I'll see you next week. Later. Later.